this episode, we'll look at data tables, which is a JavaScript library for displaying and formatting your tables. It also has a lot of nice features like searching, AJAX for server-side processing, pagination, and sorting your columns. And right on the homepage, you can see one of the example data tables that they have, where you can sort by the different columns. You can also do a search on different items. And then you also have the pagination where you can, where you can scroll through different pages. So the first thing we'll do is add the data tables gem to our gem file. And again, I'll be pulling this from the railsassets.org. And if you're using a Rails 5.1.1 or later application, you also need to add jQuery into your Rails assets. Be sure to run button or restart your Rails application. In this example application, we have a users table which has 10,000 records. And while this may not be a lot for a database, if you're trying to display all 10,000 records on the page at the same time, then you'll notice that your load times will be rather slow. So what we're going to do with data tables today is one, introduce pagination so we're only loading a few records at a time. We're also going to use server-side processing so we can load those records on the server side and only send over the relevant records. Next, within the application JSERB file, we'll need to require the jQuery as well as the data tables. And if you ever want to view a gem, you can just call gem list, and this will list all the gems that you have installed, and then we can see our Rails assets data tables. And if we call gem open, we can call that gem name. And if you want to specify your editor, you can pass in like sublime text or whatever your preferred editor is. In my case, I just have a shortcut to open sublime and this will open up the gem. And within here, we can then view the different types of style sheets that we have available to us. And the default one is data tables. However, there's a subdirectory with a whole bunch of different style sheets in here. So if you want to use bootstrap as well as bootstrap four or foundation, etc. So in our case, we're just going to add the required data tables into our gem file. However, if you do need to support bootstrap, then you're able to just call slash data tables dot bootstrap, and then this would be included as well. So in the user index page, you'll see that we have a table and you do need to make sure that you have a T head and a T body surrounding your header as well as your body. And for our table element, we'll just set a role of data table so we can reference this from our JavaScript later. So back in our application JSERB file, we'll first create a document on Turbolinks load function. And this just so whenever we visit a page, it'll execute the following block. And next we can loop through each one of our tables with a role of data table. And we'll just call this dot data table to initialize the data tables. So visiting the application now, you'll see that now we have our data tables. However, in this application, we're still loading all of the records at one time. However, data tables is just doing the initial pagination. So we still have all the records loaded. So we haven't really seen any kind of performance increase yet. However, on a smaller application that may be acceptable. So in this example, I've loaded the database with 500,000 records and you'll see that it's still loading. It's taking a long time. However, once it does finally load, we'll see the data table structure, but we won't see it until it loads. So in order to increase the performance of this page where we do have a lot of records, we're going to need to do some kind of server-side processing. And that means that we're gonna do a pagination. So we're only gonna return X number of records per page. And we'll also keep track of which page we're on. We'll also need to do something for our search and the sorting. 
So we're only going to return the records that match a certain condition while also limiting the number of pages that we have as well as when we sort our records. Within our data table initialization, we'll give it a few different parameters where we'll say processing is true and this will just give us a little pop-up that says it's processing when it's trying to get server-side information. And then we'll also pass server-side as true and then we'll pass the Ajax and this is just going to reference to our index action of the user's controller.json. You are also able to pass in a data attribute where maybe you have a URL data attribute on the table. So in our table, whenever we start adding in ERB tags or something like that, I like to just create a content tag just so it looks a little bit cleaner. So in our case, we'll create a content tag called table. We'll give it a role of data table. Then we can also create a data attribute. And the data attribute we're going to create is a URL. And then we can pass this to the root path because the index action is my root path. Or you can call users path then you'll need to pass in the format as JSON. We then create our block and then come down to the end, remove our end element and just call end. And because we're going to be using the server side, we no longer need to render out our users because we'll be sending in the JSON data. So in our index action, we'll want to replace this with a respond to block. If it's a format HTML, then we'll just display the normal page. However, it is a JSON format, then we'll want to render out the JSON data that'll be loaded into our data tables. And while we could just use JBuilder or Active Model Serializer to render out our data, I do like just creating my own class and keeping it a bit more structured and simple. So I'll just call render JSON and then I'll create a new class called users data table and then I'll pass in the view context so we'll have access to certain things like our helpers and other methods. So in our app folder, we'll create a new folder called data tables and within here, I know I'm gonna have a lot of reused code so I want to create a application data table, and this is just something that we're going to be able to reference to and inherit from later. So this application data table is just going to be a dumping ground for all the common methods that we'll be using within our data tables. And then we can create another file, and this file is going to be our user's data table. And notice that we're now inheriting from our application data table. So in our application data table, we'll first create our initializer and this is just going to take our view context and set it to an instance variable. We then need to create our as JSON. So when it calls the user's data table, it'll format it as the JSON data. And we're going to pass in a few different options within here. The first is the records total, which is going to be a total count of all the records. And then records filter based on our search parameters. We're only going to show a certain number of entries. And then we need to create this data method, which is going to return all of the JSON data for our table. And within the users data table, we can create a private method. So notice that I am going to include the count in our users data table because this is going to be specific within each one of the different classes that we make for our data tables. However, if it was something that was common code, then I would have put it under the application data table. And then we will have our total entries method. And then we also need to have our data method. So the total entries we'll need to get from our pagination. So we're only going to show a certain number of records. In the data method, we'll return an array of our different records. So in our gem file, we'll just add the gem kaminari, and you can also use will paginate if you want. So I would really just pick whichever one that you're already using within your application. However, I do like kaminari. And be sure to run bundle and restart your Rails application. 
So with Kaminari, we can pass in the users.total count to get the total number of records filtered prior to the pagination. And if you are using Will Paginate, then you would want to use users.total entries. Now we need to create the method for this users. So this users will use a memoization and we'll just reference the fetch users. And this is where we'll do our pagination, sorting, as well as filtering for the records. And the memoization is basically just a way that you can sort as a instance variable for the users. So you're not having to fetch users multiple times on this page. And an example of that would be something like this, where we're calling the users.totalCount. We wouldn't want to refetch from our database all the records again. So we'll then create the fetch users method. And then we can set users is equal to user and then add in our pagination. So in Kaminari, you would just use dot page and dot per. And if you are using will paginate, then you would just use per page. We can then set our users equals to the users dot where and then pass in some kind of search string. And the search string we can create and this is based on what the user has entered within their search. So I'll set our search string to an empty array and then we'll take each one of the columns that we want to search on and then loop through each one of these. We'll then add into our array the term and then like search and the search will pass into our well helper. So because we have an array, I want to join with an or and this means that it's gonna match one column or another. And then we can pass in our search string. Make sure you do it like this where you're not actually putting in the search parameters from the user because that's gonna lead to a potential SQL injection. Instead, you wanna pull out the user inputs into something like this where you call a search or some other variable and then pass in the string as this will be sanitizing the user input. So now we need to create our users column and this is fairly simple. I just created an array of all of the different fields that I want to use. Next, we'll need to create our page and our per page methods and these will be pretty standard between all of our different data tables. So I'm gonna add this into the application data table.rb and these can be a private method so our page will get our prem start and we'll make sure that this is an integer. And this is just something that data table passes in. And it's basically which record you're starting from in the list. So if you're on the second page, then you might be starting from 11 and we call this to an integer and then divided by per page. And then we can create our per page method. And this is just taking the length. And if it's greater than zero, then we will pass in as an integer of the parameter length. Otherwise, we'll default to 10. And because we are using our parameters, and this is passed in from the view context, we will need to create a delegate at the top. And because this is something that we'll be using on all of our data tables, I'm adding it to the application data table. Next, we can create our data. And to get our data, we'll loop through each one of the users. And again, each one of these users will come from our users. And remember how we have the memoization. This means that we won't have to refetch all the users, but they'll already be there for us. And within each user, we can create another array. And this, we're just going to tap and then pass in column. And this column, we're just going to inject in each one of our records. So we're adding in our user's first name, last name, email, and phone number. And it's really important that however many columns that you have in on your index, that you also add in within the data tables. So you remember that we have these three additional columns that were for the show, edit, and destroy. I'm going to just delete these for right now so we can see our data table. So coming back to our application now, 
If we refresh, you'll see that we have 513,400 rows, and to paginate through each one of these is extremely quick. We can then do a search, and remember that our columns, it's going to search each one of these columns. You'll see that the search returns really fast, and it does accurately show each one of the records. And now you see that we still have our pagination, and we have almost 4,500 entries that were returned from our search, and this is filtered from our total number of entries. And the pagination through these still works fairly quickly. Because if you look at one of the JSON requests, you'll see that we are performing a couple of actions, so we do have a bit of initial overhead where we select all of the users, and then we also do a count on our search query, but then we also do a load on the users. And while this may not take that long for the number of records that we have, and this could take a lot longer on a large data set, and if you use something like Elasticsearch, then you could return the IDs that you have from the database, and then you could just do a search where you pass in those ID numbers, and that's going to be a lot faster than doing this kind of search. However, for even 500,000 records and four columns on the database, you can see that's not a huge overhead, and this could be fairly acceptable. So next, let's look at our sorting. We can set our users equals to the user's order by the sort column in the sort direction, and then we can just reference the users here when we do our pagination. So we'll need to create this sort column and sort direction methods. And because these methods are pretty standard, I'm going to add them into the application data tables. So we have our sort columns, and this is going to reference to our columns method within the users data table. And we get our params order, and then this is just doing a single column sort. So it's only going to sort on one column. And then we pass in our column and then create an integer. And this will return the string or the word of which column that we want to sort on. And then we can get our sort direction, which is on the params order. And then again, we're just selecting column zero. And then the dir direction method, we check to see if it's descending. If it is, then we pass in the descending. Otherwise, we assume it's ascending order. And finally, I want to look at adding in our links back into this table. So I'm going to create an empty column header. And then back in the users table, we need to create another column. In this column, we need to pass in each one of the links. So we can create an empty array for our links. And in this array, we can pass in something like link to show and then our user. However, keep in mind that we don't have access to this link to method by default. We need to come into the application data table then we need to add in the delegate link to and have it referenced to the view context. We can also add in the edit path. And for the edit link, we will create the edit user path and reference in the user. And again, we don't have access to the edit user path. So we'll need to add a delegate for this as well. However, because this is something that is specific for our users data table, I'm going to add it into this class. And finally, we can create our destroy button. And the destroy button is just like the other two, where we link to destroy user, and we give it a method for a HTTP verb, a delete, and then with the data confirm. And then whenever we display our links, I'm just going to create a join, which is going to join the array, and then just put a space and a pipe between each one of them. So going back to our application now and refreshing, you'll see now we have our links. And if we click on these, you can see that they still work. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.